0: Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Today, we are welcoming our LFO expert, Mike Kelly. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thanks, Greg. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, for our listeners to hear Mike's actual career journey, be sure to listen into to next Tuesday's podcast, which will be available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are found. And you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. Well, Mike, you recently wrote an article, Humility, the missing ingredient in leadership that really resonated with your followers. Why do you think it resonated with so many people?
1: In my mind, it's because many people are not working with humble leaders. It appears, based on some of the comments, that a lot of people are working for people who are egocentric and somewhat arrogant. And that is not good. It certainly impacts culture, and it impacts, from an engagement standpoint, the results of organizations. That's my sense, that people just feel that their leaders, and maybe them themselves, need to take a look at how they're leading and how they are interacting and engaging other people.
0: Okay. Well, Now, how would you define humility?
1: Well, for me, I would define it similar to what I see in so many different dictionaries. It's really being humble and having a freedom from this pride of arrogance that most of us have to battle. I think Mm. it's a human condition in many respects. And if we're not careful and if we're not willing to do the work to break conditioning and change, It's it's something that's natural in many respects for us. That's why it's so important in my mind for leaders to have a growth mindset. It's important for leaders to be willing to get a good feel or an assessment of where we are, they are currently, and then figure out, okay, I accept this. Now what do I do to change?
0: Right. So now why is it important to be humble, to have humility as a leader?
1: Because you're leading people. Primarily, leaders have the opportunity to motivate, inspire, influence, and hold other people accountable. Leaders actually model the behavior that they want to see in others. In a world that is so divided today, I feel that being nice to each other, respecting people, is so important. And having a humble spirit, a humble attitude, can be infectious. In organizations, it's certainly needed because as you think about it, We both, you work in a corporation, I've worked in corporations in my life, we spend a large majority of our days working and around people and being led by people uh, who impact us. So wouldn't it be nice if we could work in an environment where the person that we reported to, or if we're leading people ourselves, if we were people who people could relate to, to trust, to develop strong relationships with, people that uh, we would work for because we wanted to, not because we had to. Humility can really take down some of those walls that exist in organizations and allow people to relate as human beings as opposed to people who are judging and treating each other differently because of levels or positions or a certain amount of power that they might have because of inherent authority in a role.
0: Right, and I do see why it's difficult. I mean, as you go on your career journey, you're growing, you're learning, you're succeeding. As you get more success, you feel like you have this level of confidence you didn't have before, And I could see that being difficult. So why do you think it's so hard to actually be humble?
1: Well, it can be difficult, Greg, I think, because the more power we get, the more influence that we get, especially true in hierarchical organizations, the more people tell us what they think we want to hear rather than what we really need to hear. We start reading our own press clippings, power becomes intoxicating, and we assume that it's all about us. Results are because of us. We lose sight of the importance of of people. And the people around us, they don't feel that they can put their careers at risk, so they won't tell us the truth. They'll tell us what they think we want to hear rather than what we really need to hear. We don't question things. We just continue to plow ahead until something happens, and we're forced to look in the mirror and do some self-reflection, self-assessment, and we're forced to change. Some, sometimes that works, and sometimes it, it doesn't work. But it is very, very difficult, I feel. The more power you get, the more responsibility that you get, because that pressure comes with that as well. And oftentimes when you're under pressure, even if you want to be humble, you're challenged to get results so that, as we talked about earlier, that spirit of arrogance or ego might come back. But having people around us who are willing to hold us accountable, who are willing to help us, is so important. But we've got to create an environment where that exists because it's not just going to naturally, going to naturally occur.
0: Right. Now, who modeled this trait uh, in your life or, in, or during your career?
1: I would say in my life, really good question my mom primarily my father great man but my father he is a guy who gets things done driver moves forward my mom humble lady my father was loving but my mom she was loving but also extremely humble she modeled that as she dealt with other people my mom had a business seamstress and she was a hairdresser and she was a person whose other people were drawn to I also had an opportunity when I was at Michelin to work with a guy. His name's Greg, and he, Greg, yeah, ironically, Greg. <laughs> while at Michelin, he was a very humble guy. He led by example. He was a guy who respected people. He trusted people. If he had to provide you feedback, he was able to do that with care and concern, and he was very empathetic. And he, you knew what he wanted. You knew what he expected. And you wanted to do great work because Greg was Greg. I also saw the Michelin family. The Michelin family would visit manufacturing facilities. I was at a facility in South Carolina, and they would come from Clermont-Ferrand in France, and they would come to a facility, and they would have a primary objective of connecting with the hourly workers on the floor. So they would go out and spend time with people who were doing the work on the factory floor. And to me, that was a great example of what it meant really to be humble and to focus on other people because they did not have to do that. They could have spent all their time with the senior leaders in an office locked up somewhere, but they realized why they were having the success that they were having, and that was because of the people that were out there every day making quality product, and that still continues in that organization, and they wanted to let them know that they appreciated them.
0: Now you're specifically referencing a moment when someone is engaging the worker on the floor. So what is the role of humility with engagement and the results of that?
1: As people, we will work hard for someone that we trust someone who we respect, someone who respects us, someone who feels that we, we feel that they value us. Most people really, in my mind, want to do the right thing. You have people who don't. And those individuals, in my mind, are 5% to 8% of the population. But a humble leader is someone who will seek input from other people and recognize the ideas that they bring to the table. And you know this, Greg, and, and most of your listening audience would, I'm sure, agree. A lot of the ideas a lot of the best ideas are generated from people who are closest to the process. Mm. By being someone who's humble and being willing to ask those people for their input, their ideas, whether you use them or not, listening and thanking them for their input. And if you do use those ideas, giving them recognition can really motivate and inspire people to want to do more. And it can also increase your results. And I saw that couple of different occasions in my career. People want to do good work, but we can be a barrier if we're not careful. If, we're, if we as leaders aren't showing up in a way where we're really respecting people, we're recognizing people, we're asking for their input, we're valuing what they bring to the table, we can cause problems. But when we do that well, people feel engaged, and that does impact results. I know a lot of organizations now are doing engagement surveys, and that's an indicator there of strong leadership or weak leadership. Humility plays a role in leadership. Humility, in my mind, as I said in the article, as I titled the article, is a missing ingredient
0: in leadership. Right, right. And I think one maybe concern of leaders is that they'll be perceived as being soft or a pushover because they're catering to their workers versus leading their workers. What would you have to say about that?
1: It's a great question. Power is inherent. In leadership roles for the most part when you're in a position of authority power is inherent in that role and what I've seen in my life is that some of the best leaders I've been around they have power but they don't necessarily have to use it and when they use it it carries a lot of weight and when they do use it they are people who do it with respect it actually provides more strength and credibility in my mind when you are someone who is human because people can relate better to you they, res- they will take feedback from you in a different way Those that need to be disciplined, when a leader exerts influence, it happens, but doing it with care and respect is so important. I heard a gentleman say a couple of times that he's a guy who's traveled uh, many places around the world. And he, he said that out of all the leaders that he has interacted with, and this would be presidents, leaders of organizations, corporations, he said the characteristic that stood out above all others when he interacted with these people, the thing that he noticed, that characteristic was humility. And they got tremendous results at extremely high levels. So if it works for them, it can certainly work for us. Being seen as, humili- as humble can be a badge of honor as opposed to something that can, that's looked down upon. But again, cultures and organizations will need to continue to shift in order for that to occur.
0: What role does fear play in encouraging behavior?
1: My first job out of college was in a manufacturing textile manufacturing facility in South Carolina. And if you know anything about textile manufacturing, it doesn't, it doesn't exist in the States anymore. It's all in, the, in Asia in other parts of the world. The textile industry was a very authoritative industry from a leadership standpoint, and that is the way that people led. And because of that, many people actually quit and stayed on the payroll. They would show up every day, they would do just enough to get their paychecks. right? Out of fear, they would not question anyone who led them because they needed their paychecks. Fear does exist, and most people, if, if a leader doesn't create an environment where people are willing to be honest with them or give people the permission to tell them the truth, it won't happen. That's why leadership has a special responsibility when it comes to shaping culture, being transparent, being someone who's genuine, working to create an environment where people feel comfortable giving and receiving the gift of feedback. It is so important. As leaders, we have tremendous, tremendous influence. The question is, will we use that well? Will we be people who certainly influential, powerful, but humble? It's a great
0: combination. Right. Now, what advice would you give a young leader who's working to grow and strengthen their skills?
1: I would say get clarity around where you stand currently as a leader. One of the things that I like to share when I'm working with clients is the four A's. The four A's consists of awareness, acceptance, action, and assimilation. Assimilation means becoming really unconsciously competent at something. So determine where you stand and then determine develop a vision for where you'd like to be. What type of leader do I want to be? You can take a look at other people that you consider strong leaders, humble leaders, effective leaders, or you can, reading, there are tremendous, there are tremendous books out there that give you some insight into leaders who led well, but they weren't leaders who pounded the table. I would get a vision of the type of leader that I would like to be, and I would set some smart goals around that. Smart goals. Very, very important, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-bound. And I would set action steps. These are the steps that I need to take to move me towards that. And I'd also bring people around me who could hold me accountable, one or two people. And if I'm leading people, I would tell them what I'm doing, and I would give them permission to help me on this journey. And that can be something that, when I said, I said earlier, let the walls down, take the walls down, that could take the walls down, that type of transparency, and it could help you build relationships with people uh, in ways that you cannot imagine what the outcome will be. So focus on progress and not outcome also. So those action steps, focus on progress, not get overly focused on outcome. But certainly aware of the results that you need to achieve as a leader. But understand that it won't happen overnight. It is a process. And it could really be a lifelong
0: process. Right, right. Well, let's drill this down a little bit, not from the leadership perspective, but from an individual perspective. Let's say that I am not humble. Heaven forbid. Let's say I am not humble. I need help. What do you suggest I do? Ask for it. The first thing that we can do
1: is really go ask for it. If we need help, assess where I currently stand and go in and ask for help. Seek someone who is willing to come along beside me. And help me on this journey. It could be a coach, it could be a boss, it could be a coworker, it could be anyone, but it has to be someone who cares about your growth and development, someone willing to invest in you, and that's where it really starts. You could also take classes, seminars. There are a number of different things that you can do, but it starts with asking and taking the, the first
0: steps.: Well, thanks so much for writing the article, and it's great to see it have such an impact on your followers. A lot of engagement, a lot of back and forth. Uh, What do you have coming up next? Is there a follow-up article, or is there another project you're working on that we can look forward to hearing more about?
1: I'm going to go deeper on this humility and engagement focus, and this podcast is great. I appreciate you carving out time to allow me to be on your podcast because it helps as well. I have a mission of helping leaders grow and helping leaders achieve their God-given potential, but it starts by putting that mirror up and doing the work on ourselves first. Right Path Enterprises is a place where we have a focus on helping people achieve their purpose and helping people be better leaders of themselves and others and that's something that we're very passionate about.
0: Now, how can our listeners find out more about Right Path?
1: You can go to rightpath.com or you can look me up on LinkedIn, Mike Kelly, Right Path Enterprises, and we also have a Facebook page that's a Right Path Enterprises page.
0: We'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Mike. Thanks, Greg. Take care. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at GregStanleyLFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.